that punctual servant of all work, the sun, had just risen and begun to strike a light on the morning of the 13th of May, 1827, when Mr. Samuel Pickwick burst like another sun from his slumbers, threw open his chamber window and looked out upon the world beneath. In another hour, Mr. Pickwick, with his portmanteau in his hand, his telescope in his greatcoat pocket and his notebook in his waistcoat, ready for the reception of any discoveries worthy of being noted down, had arrived at the coach stand in St. Martin's Le Grand. Cab, said Mr. Pickwick. Golden Cross, said Mr. Pickwick. How old is that horse, my friend? inquired Mr. Pickwick, rubbing his nose with the shilling he had reserved for the fare. Forty-two, replied the driver, eyeing him askant. What? exclaimed Mr. Pickwick, laying his hand upon his notebook. The driver reiterated his former statement. And how long do you keep him out at a time? inquired Mr. Pickwick, searching for further information. Two or three weeks, replied the man. He lives at Pentonwill when he's at home, but we seldom takes him home on account of his weakness. He always falls down when he's took out of the cab, continued the driver. But when he's in it, we bears him up very tight and takes him in very short so's he can't very well fall down. And we've got a pair of precious large wheels on, so when he does move, they run after him and he must go on. He can't help it. Mr Pickwick entered every word of this statement in his notebook. The entry was scarcely completed when they reached the Golden Cross. Down jumped the driver and out got Mr Pickwick. Mr Tupman, Mr Snodgrass and Mr Winkle, who had been anxiously waiting the arrival of their illustrious leader, crowded to welcome him. Here's your fare, said Mr Pickwick, holding out the shilling to the driver. What was the learned man's astonishment? when that unaccountable person flung the money on the pavement and requested in figurative terms to be allowed the pleasure of fighting him, Mr Pickwick, for the amount. What's the row, sir? inquired one gentleman in black calico sleeves. Row? replied the cabman. What did he want my number for? Would anybody believe, continued the cab driver, appealing to the crowd, would anybody believe as an informer would go about in a man's cap, not only taking down his number, but every word he says into the bargain? A light flashed upon Mr Pickwick. It was the notebook. Did he, though? inquired another cabman. Yes, he did, replied the first. And an arter agger awaiting me to assault him gets three witnesses here to prove it. But I'll give it him if I've six months for it. Come on. And the cabman dashed his hat upon the ground with a reckless disregard of his own private property and knocked Mr Pickwick's spectacles off and followed up the attack with a blow on Mr Pickwick's nose and another on Mr Pickwick's chest and a third in Mr Snodgrass's eye and a fourth, by way of variety, in Mr Tupman's waistcoat and then danced into the road and then back again to the pavement and finally dashed the whole temporary supply of breath out of Mr Winkle's body and all in half a dozen seconds. What's the fun? said a rather tall, thin young man in a green coat emerging suddenly from the coachyard. Informers! shouted the crowd again. We are not! roared Mr Pickwick in a tone which to any dispassionate listener carried conviction with it. Ain't you, though? Ain't you? 
said the young man, appealing to Mr Pickwick and making his way through the crowd by the infallible process of elbowing the countenances of its component members. Come along then, said he of the green coat, lugging Mr Pickwick after him by main force and talking the whole way. Here, number 924, take your fare and take yourself off. Respectable gentleman, know him well. None of your nonsense. This way, sir. Where's your friends? All a mistake, I see. Never mind. Accidents will happen. Best regulated families. Hmm? Never say die. Down upon your luck. And with a lengthened string of similar broken sentences delivered with extraordinary volubility, the stranger led the way to the traveller's waiting room, whither he was closely followed by Mr Pickwick and his disciples. Here, waiter! shouted the stranger, ringing the bell with tremendous violence. Glasses round, brandy and water, hot and strong and sweet and plenty. Eye damage, sir. Waiter, raw beefsteak for the gentleman's eye. Nothing like